Hello and welcome to our podcast channel here at Holy Trinity South Woodford. Thank you for joining us today and we hope you enjoy and are blessed through this week's talk. It's a great privilege to be here and to be able to talk about the vision of the church. What are we doing? Where are we going? And also a little bit of a look back to see what's gone on in the past year. Um, So... It's going to be good. It's going to be good. Um, I've even done a PowerPoint. It's going to be that good. Um, So (laughs) I hope you're very excited. Um, But first, we're going to dive into the gospel reading. And you might think, how are we going to get from the demon-possessed man through to the vision of the church? But we will get there. I promise you. Um, This is... It's funny that this came up in the lectionary this week because it's a passage I've been thinking about quite a lot over the last few weeks. It's a really amazing and quite challenging and quite odd story, isn't it? I don't think there is another story quite like it in the Gospels with the pigs and all of that um, that goes on. So I've got four small things that I want to bring out of this passage before we move on and then later on we'll come back round to them and see how they link back into where we are and what we're doing. So firstly we see Jesus getting on a boat and going across a lake to a different area over to the Gerasenes across the lake from Galilee so he's out of his usual area. And he gets off the boat and he's immediately greeted by this gentleman who is not in a good way. Sounds like he had very few clothes on. He must have been physically in a bad state. He'd been living in these tombs, um, probably very thin. And probably the people that were there to meet him on the boat were already afraid of him because they knew they'd heard tell of this man who lived in the tombs. Maybe they'd known him. But he was absolutely outcast. Now, we don't know whether Jesus had other plans for when he came over the lake. But quite often he crossed that lake and went backwards and forwards. But here, he doesn't get round to doing anything else. What Jesus does is purely and simply address what's in front of him. He doesn't say, well, you're in a bad way, but I'll come back to you, but I've got to go and teach these people first and tell them all about the God who loves them. Or, you know, I've got a Sermon on the Mount brewing and I'm going to tell you all about this amazing teaching. It's going to change your life. No, in fact, Jesus stops as soon as he meets this man and engages with him. And in, in fact, he doesn't even get any further than that, does he? Jesus addresses the obvious. And I think for us in our lives, just personally now, sometimes we think that God wants to do things in our lives that are maybe connected to um, something big or very spiritual. But quite often, what God wants to do in our lives It's what we need the most. What God wants to do is just the obvious thing that needs doing. So Jesus comes, steps off the boat, and he addresses this man. And what happens? 
I'm sure you know the story, maybe you don't, but he addresses this man and he heals him. He heals him and he sends the demons out. So this man's life is totally transformed. He'd been um, cast out of the village, maybe not cast out, but he'd run away. And when he was in the village, he was bound hand and foot. So he was very much oppressed, literally bound and in chains. And then, of course, spiritually, he had these demons in him that were taunting him and haunting him. All of that goes in a moment. Jesus heals. Jesus transforms and changes the whole story of this man's life. Imagine what the future would have looked like for this man before Jesus turned up. Maybe he wouldn't have lived very long. I don't know. Living almost like an animal, just out in the fields, with no human interaction. It's a terrible and sad existence. But Jesus comes, sends the demons away, gives him dignity, he's sitting there clothed and in his right mind, and then he's set on course to be an evangelist, to go and tell people what God has done for him. There is amazing news. There is an amazing transformation of this man. Let's not lose that because the most dramatic thing really is the pigs, isn't it? And the strangest bit of the story. And I think there are probably lots of different things um, that we could say about the pig element of the story. But it's interesting to me, the reaction of the people in the village, the pig farmers. You can understand that they would have been a bit upset that their pigs had died. I don't know what insurance policies were like in those days. Maybe, it exists, maybe insurance existed as an industry, I've got no idea. Karen could probably tell us. Um, but there is a genuine loss for those villagers who are farming those pigs. But what they can't see is that a person's life has been transformed for the better. In fact, they're just filled with disappointment and with fear. That's all that they can see. They can't prioritize people, but Jesus does. He prioritizes this man who is in need. And he sees that actually, even if there is some fallout, a bit of loss on the way, this man's temporal and eternal future has been totally transformed, and that is worth more than anything. Jesus' view on all of this is quite different. But the villagers are filled with fear, and they say to Jesus, please go away. They asked him to go because they were filled with fear. They had actually seen something of the power of God something of the transformation that God brings, the restoration. But it was too frightening for them. They actually would prefer 
to live without the transforming power of God than to be challenged or frightened in any way. So they asked Jesus to go. And the interesting thing, I think, in this instance is that Jesus does what he does a few times in the Gospels. He just goes. He actually respects the decision that the people are making. That Sermon on the Mount that he could have then preached with the man sitting at his side, a visible symbol of the power of God. It never happened because the people didn't want to hear it. It's quite sobering, isn't it, to end on that note that actually the fear held them back and Jesus did what they wanted him to do. He left. So, Jesus addresses the obvious. He meets needs. He changes people's stories. He prioritizes people and the eternal destiny of people that he loves. And he listens to us for good or for ill. So, hold that thought because we will come back to those thoughts. But we're going to change tack for a minute and talk about church, what has been happening at church and some good news stories. Perhaps you recognize the day on which this picture was taken. It was two weeks ago, um, our Jubilee party. Um, It was such a great time, wasn't it? It was really brilliant. So thanks to everyone who volunteered and served and had ideas and also who came with their teddies and um, hungry for burgers and cakes um, because it was brilliant, wasn't it? So I want to give you just quickly a few headlines. As I was putting these together, I got so excited and so filled with joy and with gratitude to God of all that he's been doing in our midst. So this is kind of over the last year-ish, you know, what has been going on. So we have been back in the building for 66 weeks straight, if my counting is right. That's quite good, isn't it? And I praise God for all of you. Praise God for this large and airy building. Um, But we've managed to keep going in the building and we've got into a good rhythm of gathered worship together. Our Sundays and our Wednesdays are growing. Inch by inch, nothing very dramatic. But our numbers are slowly creeping up, which is really encouraging, isn't it? Our Wednesday morning service is at 10 o'clock if any of you ever want to come. It's very nice. For the last few months, we have had live worship every week. So many thanks to Jonathan and his team, um, including Vanessa and John who are leading us this morning. Um, It's been great, hasn't it, to get away from video worship, which kind of did it for a while when we had to. But we know that it's so much easier to connect with God and to really worship him with all our hearts when the worship is live and um, coming to us from real humans. We have got Church Suite up and running. Now then, you may love or hate Church Suite or be somewhere in the middle, um, but let me tell you, from a staff and office point of view, it is actually brilliant. It's really helping us to be organized, to manage our rotors, um, to manage the calendar, make sure we don't have clashes and that sort of thing. It's got all our electoral roll on it and um, it's really useful. So that is a big win. And um, thank you to all those who are engaging with it with your availability and the rotors as well. 
You will notice in the past year, our physical space has changed hugely. We've decorated everywhere and we've redone the lighting. So two really huge projects. And we have our next project coming up, which is the big hitter. Those projects were like felt quite big, but really they were kind of the quick wins in t um, com compared to Project Arclight. And we've printed a few more briefing sheets that are at the back. So if you'd like to take one of those um, to read about the project before Tuesday evening, please do. But please do come on Tuesday evening if you can to ask questions, to hear a bit more about the project and to be involved at the beginning because we're in this together. We're going to redevelop the site and hopefully the site will begin to fulfill its potential um, for the sake of the kingdom. Our youth and kids' work is growing. Praise the Lord. Tots and Tinies is up and running again. I don't know where Val is. She might be over in Sunday school. But Val is leading Tots and Tinies on Thursdays. And can see other volunteers here like Karen, um, Karen C. Um, it is great to have our toddler ministry up and running again. Sunday school is also growing. So huge thanks to Jane and Maritha. And um, they're doing a great job. And actually, we've just um, bought into a online platform of loads of um, Sunday school content, basically. So that's going to be really fun, that they're going to have the chance to have a look across lots of different types of material to see what's going to work best for our young people. Our youth is growing. We've got youth this afternoon whoop, whoop, at the Vicarage, 4.30 till 6. Um, it's really nice to see our young people who've been around for a long time engaging, but also some new young people coming as well. And, of course, our events have been really successful in terms of bringing people in. And one of the best things I heard from someone at the Jubilee thing was, oh, yeah, well, we saw it was happening. So we thought, well, of course we're going to come because we came to Christmas in the car park. We came to the light party. We came to fireworks. And it was all really good. Isn't that encouraging that actually the confidence within the community about the things that we're doing is growing? And I hope that that gives us confidence when we come to thinking about maybe inviting people, bringing people along with us, and thinking about where we go next. Our giving has increased, so thank you to all those who are giving. And our team is growing. On our team, we have me and Jonathan. We have Simon T, who is two Simons at the back, size, size squared. Um, Simon T is working about three quarters time um, on Arclight and on other operations. We've got Mona, who is working 10 hours a week doing admin, and then Izzy, who is full-time with us in kids, youth, and families. There's um, potential space for an intern, and we might get an intern part-time from September shared with All Saints. And finally, I thought it'd be good to give a shout-out to our website, um, because our website is up and running, it looks good, it's up to date, so um, if you do speak to people about what's going on and you can't quite remember, you can direct them there, because it will be, hopefully, up to date. So, is that good news or what? There's loads of good stuff that's, that's going on. But... You don't want to come to a vision talk and just hear about what has been going on. What we want to do is look back, but really to look forward. What is coming next? And we've got three things that we really want to see. I'm going to read these out, so if you can't see them, and 
I did a screenshot from the website so you can look on the website when you go home if you want to see um, and read this again. This is what we really want to see in our church. We want to see numerical growth. We want to see it across everything. Across our nine o'clock service, our 10.45 Wednesday, small group serving, giving, everything. Because actually, numbers matter because people matter to God. We don't want to see numbers increasing at this service so we can pat ourselves on the back. God forgive us if we end up in that space. But we want this service to be growing because it indicates that more people are worshipping God, people are coming to faith, people are finding out about Christian community. We want spiritual depth. There's no point having the pews filled if no one really knows what it's all about or if something happens to them in life and their faith isn't robust enough to carry them through it. We need to be going deep in our faith as well as stretching wide. That's, I think, one of the best things about small groups. If you want to go deep in your faith, read your Bible, pray and get in a small group because that's a way to do it. Spend time with other people, hearing, asking questions, digging into it for yourself with other people and support it along the way as well. And thirdly, community renewal. We've got a vision to see the kingdom of God bringing restoration in our local area with the church at the center, blessing the community and forging new relationships. Wouldn't it be brilliant if the church was able to be a blessing to the community? And I think we already are in some ways, but there's more to be done. There's more that we can do. As COVID kind of recedes, hopefully, but certainly in terms of businesses, lots of businesses are still struggling. If we can be present in our community, encouraging, and um, I'm going to be going up to the South Woodford Market a bit later on, the farmer's market, which is just a nice expression of the community together. We want to see God's kingdom come in this place. And so we want to get there, really, by being like Jesus. As Jonathan was saying before, Jesus, for the joy set before him, endured the cross. And if we can become like Jesus, it means that we can see something in the future and dig in to get there. And there are three particular things that I think Christ models perfectly for us that we would do well to emulate as well. And they are compassion, courage, and creativity, Compassion, we've got to be a compassionate church, reaching out to those in need, supporting each other in our time of need. Really encouraged that there have been twins born to Esther and Solomon this week, really exciting, but there's already a meal rotor set up to provide them some meals. That's what new parents, I think, need. They need to know not only that they'll have some practical support, but also that there are people that will support them in prayer and that will be there for them. As a church, we need to be there in the good times and in the bad times for each other and for our community. Secondly, courage. Courage is such a key value 
for us as a church. Because I think it's always easy to sit back and relax, especially when things are going quite well. And I would say at the moment, things are going quite well. But the temptation when things are going quite well is that we take our foot off the gas. Instead of digging in and thinking, okay, what's next? Okay, so if there is a level of confidence in the community about this place, maybe I can invite my friends. If there is something that God is doing here, drawing people to himself, maybe we can get involved. There are many ways, of course, that we can think about courage and that also comes in thinking about our giving and our serving and in our praying, in living lives worthy of the calling that we've received. But courage is so important, we've made it one of our values. And the final one is creativity. And I love that this is one of our values because I think it's really important that we don't just do what we've always done. We don't just wait and see whether people come through the door. Because sometimes people do, and praise the Lord when they do. But actually, in this time, I think we need increasing levels of creativity to reach out to people, creativity to see who God is calling, and creativity to know how to reach them. One of my favorite images of the Holy Spirit um, comes from the Celtic tradition. And the image that they use for the Holy Spirit isn't a little soft white dove, but is a wild goose. I don't know if you can think of the third person of the Trinity as a goose um, honking. Um, But the idea is that actually, as much as the Holy Spirit is gentle like a dove, the Holy Spirit is also a wild animal, leading us into surprising places, maybe changing direction. There's an element of kind of spontaneity. It's not quite, maybe so fragile as a dove, but actually strong and creative and moving around going where it wills. I wonder whether we can fly in formation behind the Holy Spirit. You know, as the Holy Spirit flaps his wings, then it helps us to flap ours too, and we end up moving forward together. So, what are we actually going to do Maybe um, it's time to move on to that. So we've got a few things that we as a staff team are thinking about. This is our staff team. When we went for um, breakfast at TPE the other week when Izzy and Mona joined our team, we had a team breakfast, um, which is very enjoyable. Recommend it. Um, So what are we actually going to be doing and what are we looking to do? Number one, we want to see growth on Sundays. We want to double the numbers at the nine and triple the numbers at this service, the 1045. Now, we don't need to do this in the next three months. We're thinking about the next four to five years. But that would take us from an average of about 40 at this service to an average of about 120. Wouldn't that be amazing? And we can easily fit them all in. It's not going to be a problem. 
It's not only me who's had a vision from the Lord about this church being full of people worshipping Jesus. Wouldn't it be great to begin to see that come to pass? Small groups, I've said it before and I'll say it again, I really believe in small groups, that they are powerful to help us learn how really to follow God day by day by day. We want to see everyone invited and at least 60% in a regular group. Now, if you haven't been invited to a small group, I can only apologize, we will get to it. Um, And if you haven't been invited and you wanna be in one, please drop us an email. Monica and Eric would be very pleased to hear from you about joining a small group. But that's part of our growing deep, knowing that we've got those roots in faith. Youth, we want to see 20 year sevens joining in September. Now that is a big number, isn't it? But Izzy is making a schedule of um, transition events to work with year sixes, particularly that are coming out of Nightingale and Oakdale um, this summer, who are finishing up in a few weeks' time in the middle of July. And we're going to do a couple of transition events, probably one in July and one in August. And then begin something for them as they begin into secondary school um, in, in September. Of course, if that is realized and we do get 20 year sevens, how good would that be? Um, we need to work back from there and think about team, but also we need to think about our other young people who are a bit older now and who probably would feel slightly outnumbered and a bit awkward like hanging around with 20 year sevens. So, That is also on our radar, and we are going to kind of do an older youth and younger youth thing. So, um, it's really exciting, and I believe that actually 20 out of Nightingale and Oakdale is probably not totally unrealistic, is it? I hope not. So, our kids groups, we want to see growing steadily. Our new community connections, we want to see lots of community connections made and followed up. We want to see most people serving on a team. Partly because it helps the wheels of the church keep going and we need people to be doing stuff. But also, it's part of our discipleship that when we're in Christian community, we don't just come to church, but we are the church. So it makes sense. It's a bit like a family. You know, if one member of the family doesn't do anything to contribute... Maybe there's some eyes rolling around the room. I don't know. They end up feeling like they're not so much included. It's fine for a while, and when you start coming to church, we don't want to pounce on you and get you on six rotors on day one. But it's a way of meeting people. It's a way of getting involved. It's a way of contributing and learning and growing in your gifts. And of course, we are desperate to see people coming to faith in Jesus Christ. You know, if we're here in five years' time and no one's come to know Jesus, I don't know, maybe the Lord has got something he's doing and we never really know the extent of what God is doing in our midst. But I would still feel a little bit sad because I want to see people meeting Jesus. You know, you think about that man who was absolutely in chains in every way, set free and given new life by Jesus. That can happen today. There are people in all sorts of chains. 
that can be set free by Jesus and come into a new life. So there are main things. But do you know what? We've got some fun ideas too, if that isn't fun enough. So here we go. We have got Project Arclight. Woo, woo, woo. This is going to be big. And I hope that you can come on Tuesday, hear about it, ask some questions, and um, get involved. It's going to be a multi-year project. We don't quite know when we're going to be actually beginning any building work or whatever because we're too early to even know that. But we're on our way, and won't it be brilliant when we've got um, a new hall, maybe toilets, you don't have to cross a car park to go to, um, all sorts of wonderful things are going to be coming our way. Um, we'll have space for young people and children and um, hopefully lots of other bits and pieces as well. But read the briefing document and then come with your questions on Tuesday. We really want to see a worship leader employed. Jonathan has been doing a really great job in heading up our worship team and we're really grateful to him. But I'm sure you know he is an ordained minister in the Church of England. So being a worship leader isn't his main thing. And he's been doing a really good job. But we're really at a stage where if we can't find someone that we employ, we will end up going back to some video worship. Um, and that could even happen over the summer. We're hoping that it won't. We're, tr we're, we're trying to make plans. But it's kind of a bit on a knife edge at the moment. Um, so... If we can employ a worship leader, that will really increase our ability to move forward in worship. And worship is so important to our life together, isn't it? So that's the plan. We're going to be doing Alpha in the autumn term. We want to increase our social media and creative connections. Um, you may feel positively or negatively about social media, but the reality is there are an awful lot of people on social media who take their cues from social media, who read the news on social media, who get their like Monday inspiration quotes or whatever from social media. So actually we want to be in that space. And I've got a crazy idea that we could have a coffee van. How good would that be? We could have it here to serve the parents who bring their kids into nursery. We could take it to Elmhurst Gardens and serve the, you know, whoever's hanging out at Elmhurst in the day. We could have it outside Woodbridge and give the kids the hot chocolates or whatever. It would be brilliant, wouldn't it? I don't know. Maybe you have got a creative idea as well. I would love to hear it. Because a vision is something for us all. That's the vision. That's where we're headed. I hope you're excited. I want to come back to Luke chapter 8 and think about um, where we're at for us. Jesus addresses the obvious. And I would love for us too to be addressing what's in front of us. Who is God bringing to us? That could be literally bringing into church. It could be someone that you meet on the street. Maybe if you've got in your mind, hang on, maybe this is someone that God has arranged for me to meet today. How would that change the type of conversation that you have with that person? Maybe you might invite them to church, invite them to our worship night, invite them to come with you to a small group. You know, one of my friends from work became a Christian because I invited her to, to my small group. 
We were working until about 7 p.m. in the office. She's like, oh, just, do you want to go for a drink? It's like, well, I've actually got to go to my small group. And she came, and bit by bit, she came to Christ. That was the beginning. Who is in front of you? Secondly, conversion matters. Lives get transformed. That is really exciting, isn't it? Jesus transforms this man's life and his destiny totally radically. And I don't want us, in our vision with the building and with all the small groups and everything, to lose sight of the fact that Jesus changes lives. And that's why we're here, because Jesus has changed our lives. Thirdly, Jesus prioritized people. And I want to say that Arclight is a part of our vision. It's going to take a lot of time and effort and money to get us there. And I personally fully believe that it's the direction we need to be going in. On a practical level, we need to be doing it because the hall is like becoming worse and worse and worse, obviously, over the years, because that's what happens. But on a spiritual level, I believe that that's where God is leading us to. But I also want to say that an alternative future is that in six years' time or whatever, we end up with a wonderful site with lovely buildings, excellent facilities, and no one on Sundays, or just the same faithful few. And that actually we've put all our energy into buildings that we've forgotten about what is really going to last eternally. In all of our plans, not only Project Arclight, but in everything, let's keep our focus on people. Certainly a challenge to me as much as to anyone else. And fourthly, that sobering bit about Jesus going back into the boat, back across the river. We don't want that to happen for us, do we? We might feel fear, and that's okay, but we don't want to be led by fear. We want to be led by our faith in a God who can do miracles. A faith in a God who might be challenging and maybe even confusing at times, but that who we know we can trust. And there is a role for each of us, for all of us, for you. And I'd love to invite you to play your part, praying, serving, giving, bringing your ideas. There is something for all of us. And if we can go to the last slide, the Galatians reading ends by saying, you are all one in Christ Jesus. God has put us together in this place to minister in this place and to be ministered to and to be fed but also to take the light that we have in Jesus out into South Woodford, into Onstead, into wherever you live, that we take it with us. There is a role for each of us to play. And in this vision, you know, there's a danger 
that we end up with lovely buildings and no one in here. And we, there's also a danger that we end up with a couple of, you know, superhuman people who are actually not superhuman and probably really tired. Um, and everyone else kind of along for the ride. But actually, in Scripture, it's very clear that to each one, the gifts of the Spirit are given for the common good. And so, I wonder what your part might be at this time. We are all one. We are the church of God in this place. And what a privilege. But I'd love us to pray together, to respond to um, what I think God is doing here, and hopefully you do too, and to kind of commit ourselves afresh into this church and into this ministry. So why don't we stand together? And if you're visiting today, you can pray um, a prayer to, you know, you can adapt it for your, own, for your own context, for your own church. But I'd love for us to be just saying to God, yes, I am all in. You might wanna open your hands. I'm gonna do that to just say to God, I'm open-handed before you. Whatever I've got in my hands, I want to give to you. And also, whatever you want to give to me, I want to receive. Come, Holy Spirit. It's reminded about that story about um, Jesus feeding the 5,000 and the boy comes with five loaves and two fish. So small, it's enough for one person. And Jesus makes it feed thousands. God, for each of us, what we've got in our hands might seem so small, so feeble, but God, we thank you that when we give it to you, there is no limit to what you can do. And as well as us giving to you, we pray that you would give to us this morning. Fill us with your spirit. Fill us with those Christ-like attributes of compassion and courage and creativity. Give us vision, we pray. Like the Lord might be wanting to speak to people about that sense of fear. Um, it might be about the vision, but actually I feel like it's probably just about something personal, that you feel afraid and you almost want to send Jesus away because, because of your fear. Um, but you've got the opportunity this morning to change that story and to say to God, in my fear, would you come in? And help me, help me to be led by faith and not fear. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. 
We'd be really grateful if you could leave us a rating or review as that helps other people easily find this podcast. Remember, you can join us every Sunday at either our 9 or 10.45 a.m. services where you'll be sure to receive a warm welcome. Until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.